Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. I was listening to The Economist, and they, uh, you know, it's one year, after, one year later after George Floyd, and so they put out the stat that blacks are twice as likely to be killed by police. And I don't think that's the right way of looking at it. Um, you know, every race is killed proportional to the amount of violent crime that they commit. But there's different consequences. You know, depending on which one of those stats you hear, and let's just say you believe the stat that you hear, which I think most people do, well, one of those tells you that evil police, if you interact with a cop, this is an evil cop who's quite likely to kill you. You know, and the other, in my opinion, correct interpretation, this is a cop. They're not more likely to kill you than anyone else. But based on how you, uh, you know, your what you have in your mind as you enter into this interaction with a cop, it's going to have a big, big difference. Like, I know this small town where... There's a family that they're bad news, you know, they like they do meth. They're known for like beating people up in bar fights and uh, I think occasionally shooting people. So you run into one of them, I mean, they're probably, you know, they're not going to kill you, but compared to a normal person, they're probably 10 times or 100 times more likely than a normal person is to kill you because a normal person will not kill you ever. And these people, there's an outside chance. And so, you know, if you know that, and now you're interacting with one of those people, you might do something crazy. And, you know, maybe you weren't going to get it, maybe no one was going to get hurt that day, but now you do something crazy, and then they, they're known for doing something crazy, and now someone quite likely gets hurt. You know, like, if a normal person steps on your shoe, who cares, you just keep going. But if one of these guys does, you might be primed to jump back and pull out your concealed carry weapon. But in the case of that situation, you might be justified. But basically, this narrative that, you know, cops are killing black men, it's like when the normal person steps on your foot, but you think they're from the bad family. Now, something could go wrong. I mean, whatever. The chance of things going wrong are high, but they shouldn't be. Well, and let's finish up the story on, uh, this is at least one of the people from that family. So, years ago, I don't know, 10... I don't know. Let's just say 10 years ago. 10 years ago, he uh, beat up a guy, a nice guy, a nice guy who didn't deserve to get beaten up, and he beat him up so bad, I mean, whatever. That guy has never been quite right ever again. You know, I think maybe a little bit of brain damage. And then a couple years ago, this guy, the bad, the guy from the, the bad guy from the bad family, and his buddy were at a bar, you know, late at night, you know how it goes, and, uh, they got into it with some other person. And so that other person left, got in his car, and took off. And so the bad guy and his buddy, they got in their car and chased after him. And they caught the guy. They caught up to the guy. They caught him and was able to make him stop. And then that guy who was running away, he had a gun and he shot both of them dead. And I believe that he never got charged with anything, although... You know, like, he didn't get charged with anything in the first week after it, and who knows, if years later they did something, I didn't. I might have not heard about it. I guess what's my point? Some people are bad news, and you should be on high alert. Like, you know, if you're from a bad black neighborhood, I'm sure there's dudes there that you know. You don't either, you know, either don't mess with them, or be ready to do something crazy if you're, you know, if they're giving you the stink eye. But uh, the cops are not 
the cops are not the, that group. Don't, uh, if you don't mess with them, they won't mess with you. Uh, this makes me think about resisting arrest. So I watch some black conservative guys on YouTube and they'll be like, well, just don't resist arrest. Um, you know, do your time. You know, maybe you got some sort of drug, whatever. You did something with drugs and you're facing, you know, a few years in prison because of it. And they pull you over, you know, there's an arrest for your warrant. And, you know, maybe you resist arrest and take off in your car or take off running. You know, this actually goes for white criminals. This goes for all criminals. Anyways, there's this idea. Well, you know, if you don't want to get shot by the cops, then uh, just don't resist arrest. And I don't think it's actually that simple because... I mean, you know, resisting arrest, uh, that's, that's less useful. But, I mean, like, running away from the cops, that could be a very useful thing, actually. Like, say a cop sees you sell some drugs to someone. Like, if you can run away, run away and, you know, so that, whatever, 24 hours later, you are not in police custody, that's probably it. You're probably getting away with that. I mean, unless it's a big deal for some other reason, uh, they don't have the time to go find someone who is just selling some drugs. I mean, there's too many people like that. They just don't have the time for every person like that. If they got you right there, dead to rights, and they can grab you and cuff you and take you in, then they will. But, you know, if you run and get away, then that's probably the end of it for you. You know, keep your head down for a while. Like, I knew a guy who was... I think he was, he was driving recklessly, he was probably drunk, it was super late at night, and a cop, you know, turned on their lights and started going after him. And he was a good driver, he had a little bit of a head start on the cop. This is in a neighborhood of blocks, you know, square blocks, and uh, he just went randomly, you know, two blocks forward, three blocks to the left, two blocks to the right, one block to the left, one block to the right, you know, just random turns at night, and then he pulled over and turned off his lights, and uh, I don't think the cop even ever drove by him, it's just like, you know, how can the cop find you when you do these random maneuvers, and so, you know, he could have been uh, evading police and DUI and reckless driving, but instead, he got nothing, because he got away from the cop. And so I don't know, I mean, I haven't seen stats on this, but I feel like a lot of times when you're resisting arrest, it's like you know, you know, you have some sort of history, and you know if they catch you on this thing that you're going to get some prison time. And so, you know, it might be, you know, it might be worth the risk of getting shot by a cop to, uh, you know, punch the cop and then run. And, you know, if, like, they don't have your name yet, if you can punch them and run before they have your name then you, you got away with it. Done. They could never find someone that they don't know the name of. So, you know, don't criticize people people till you walked a mile in their shoes, I guess. Which goes back to that thing where it's like, if you don't want to die, don't run. But that's really, when these guys on YouTube say that, that's like them talking to society about one thing, but then it's actually an individual thing. So they're saying, hey, black America, if you don't want to get shot by cops, then don't resist arrest. But of course, you know, black America is made up of individuals. And for some of those individuals, it's better for them to resist arrest. And then maybe they get shot. And, you know, they're not going to be like, I'm not going to make my decisions based on what it, what it does to the nationwide stats. But again, some people take a non-dangerous situation 
and make it dangerous based on false information that they've heard. So that's the kind of thing that we need to, that's the only thing we can control. That's the part that, you know, as a society we can control. And so we need to, you know, we need to teach the media and academia that all this, whatever, all this misuse of statistics, you know, all it's done is gotten 2,000 extra black people killed since uh, May 2020, right? Like, it ain't cops' fault, it ain't white people's fault, except for the white people who are in academia and in the media, and then it is your fault. So, hopefully someday we can make positive change. Boy, you had to listen to a lot of woke BS to get to this point, but here's an interesting fact that I didn't know. Um, when the feds pass whatever police reform law that they're going to pass, it only controls federal cops. So that's a teeny, a teeny amount of cops. It basically doesn't affect cops at all, almost. And actually, I want to talk about, you know, the cops, you know, in general, the stats say the cops are not out there hunting black men and killing them. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you ain't going to find a bad cop. Or you might even find, like, a whole bad police department. So John Wood Jr. of the Braver Angels podcast, uh, he's a black guy, and he is super reasonable about, reasonable about everything. And he has an interesting story. Um, so he's from some, you know, up, you know, middle class or better part of L.A. And his wife is from like the bad part, maybe Watts. And so where he grew up, it was a, you know, there, it was a div- diverse neighborhood. There was black people and white people and other people all living in harmony. And his whole life, you know, if he thought of a cop, well, that cop was there to protect him, you know. He and everyone, you know, him and everyone around him, they liked cops because they knew that those cops were there to protect them. But he must have had some sort of financial difficulties because at one point he had to go and move in with his wife's family in, I believe it was Watts, but anyways, some terrible part of L.A. And he got pulled over and the cop was just like a real jerk, a real mega jerk to him. And the way he tells it, and I believe him, is that, you know, when a young black man interacts with a cop in Watts, it's not going to be fun. The cop is not going to be nice to you. They're not going to be happy to see you. They're going to think you're a criminal, basically, on sight. And then, you know, when they run your license and you don't have a warrant and you weren't really doing nothing, they're not going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. They're just going to be like, get the hell out of here. And they're going to be mad that they didn't catch you doing something. And, you know, the solution to this is tricky. Like, you know, these high crime neighborhoods where the cops act like jerks, like, you know, the black cops act the exact same way. It's not like, oh, it's not racism. I guess there's the first thing. You stamp out racism, you ain't going to fix this problem. Basically, people in those neighborhoods have been misbehaving and committing crimes and whatever. And then the cops don't like them. You know, you, you might think a cop would like criminals. Like, yeah, they go get to catch a criminal. They do like to catch criminals, but they do not like the criminals themselves. I'm not sure why. They don't have a lot of sympathy for them. So if you're a cop in a bad neighborhood where you keep running into criminals and, you know, and probably people, whatever, they don't like the cops either, right? So neither side likes the other side. So, you know, they're going to be mouthing off and the cop is, whatever. 
it's just gonna be a vicious cycle. So as far as what the solution to that is, uh, I don't know. It's almost like you know, we'll just solve the solve the problem of poverty. Uh, good luck. Actually, the solution to this is you gotta break up the teachers' union because they don't they won't allow the um, military academy style of charter schools. Right, that's one of the few things that I'm that I know where you can take kids in a bad neighborhood and turn them into better kids is those super strict military style schools. But anyways, you can't do those because it threatens teachers' jobs. Anyway, so right, we're right back out to it. What can you do? Nothing. So I'm listening to the new 538 podcast. Good podcast. You know, it got woke after May 2020, like everything. The guy who runs the show, uh, Nate Silver, when he's on there, he's just, you know, I think he's on the spectrum or something. Anyway, he is temperamentally unable to, you know, lie or to spin things, to give the wrong impression. So whenever he's on, that's awesome. You know, he'll just keep his mouth shut when it's something that you either have to lie about it or, you know, you have to put a spin on it or keep your mouth shut. And so if he has those two options, he will keep his mouth shut. And so, you know, like say they're talking about, you know, here we are a year after George Floyd and they need someone to go out there and say that racist cops are hunting black men. So yeah, most of the 538 people are good with data. I mean, that's the point of the 538.com or whatever. So... What they'll do is they'll just they'll find someone who they can bring on who doesn't know. It doesn't know what the truth is about all the data. And they know that this person will do the line, so or whatever, will misrepresent the data about racist cops. And so, you know, are you lying? Are you being are you misrepresenting data when you choose a person who doesn't know no better, you put them on the panel and let them say it for you. Uh, I mean I think that is bad, but that's how it works. I mean, that's how the media does all this stuff. It's like, the New York Times is like, I didn't lie. It was just this person we quoted at the top of the article in, an, in a whole paragraph to begin the thing. Anyway, so they're talking about, uh, you know, possible bipartisan stuff on the, I guess here I go, the, the January 6th uh, insurrection. But so, the, anyways, this lady that they brought on, she's just like, oh, yeah, you know, they don't agree about the big lie and, the, and, the, and January 6th. But calling the idea that the election was stolen the big lie, then that, you know, that puts you on one side. You're like, everyone who believes it is stolen is evil. And I'm on the side where I don't believe the big lie and I'm good. So they're evil and I'm good, right? If you just, if you call it the big lie, then you were saying that group over there is evil. So, you know, if you're trying to be bipartisan, you wouldn't do that. I mean, she's not trying to do that, but. And then calling that uh, riot at the Capitol... If you call that January 6th, right? Like, what are you trying to do? Well, you're trying to call it, you're like, 9-11, January 6th, right? You're like saying, this thing is like 9-11. That's the point of calling it a date. And so once again, you know, if there's a group of people who think it wasn't as bad as you're saying, well, then they're evil and you're good. And the way that you can say that, you know, that part of the country, that, you know, that hundred million people is evil and, you know, needs to be uh, reprimanded and have bad stuff done to them is you call it January 6th. I mean, you know, like, I don't think anyone was murdered during the uh, during that insurrection, whatever, that riot. I don't know what I would like to call it. I guess I'll call it January 6th, whatever. That one's getting to the point where maybe both sides call it that. But in any case, I mean, no one was murdered. Uh, what was it? Four people died of natural causes. It was like 
One of them was a drug OD. I don't know. I was looking this up. It's weird. Anyways, and then the one woman was shot by a cop, which I believe was justified. So you don't have to look very far to find a riot where someone was murdered, right? If you find a riot with one person murdered, then you have a riot with one more murder than happened on January 6th. So like when Sequoia Turner was killed, that's the eight-year-old cute-as-a-button black girl, uh, whatever. She didn't get a date, and in fact, no one knows her name barely anymore. Now, January 6th was worse than a normal riot. Probably worse than a normal riot, even where a eight-year-old girl gets murdered. Um, and the reason why is because it was political violence. Like, for instance, say you assassinate JFK. That is not a normal murder, right? This is a, it's a political act, and you're trying, not only are you trying to hurt JFK, but you're trying to hurt, you know, huge amounts of Americans as well. And so I don't know. I don't know what the rioters in January 6th really were doing. I mean, I don't think they really knew what they were doing. But uh, it was definitely more political, and that's much more dangerous. You know, you can hurt whatever. If you if you punch one cop, that's bad, but it actually has ramifications outside of that. So that was a serious one. You know, if you look up the definition of insurrection, it's something like... Uh, Whatever, using violence against the government or the people in charge, you know. So, if you burn down a police department, that's an insurrection. If you attack the federal building in Portland, that's an insurrection, you know, by the definition. So, there's a hundred other insurrections in the past year, but uh, they really don't... They didn't have the chance to do something as bad as January 6th, so... It is a special one. Although, the idea that, you know, is it a... Is it, a hundred times worse than a Portland one, so that, you know, so if you add up a, a, a hundred Portland insurrections, I think they might be at 150 now. Anyways, if you add up a hundred Portland insurrections, is that less bad than the one January 6th insurrection? I mean, maybe it is, but it makes you wonder. One of the Portland insurrections had a murder. Um, in fact, it might be, probably meet the classification of assassination. Uh, there's a guy who, like, called himself a Antifa captain, killed a, maybe a Patriot Prayer guy or a guy he thought was Patriot Prayer. So that was a politically motivated murder. So when you're stacking up those 100 insurrections against the other, one side has murder, and in fact it has an assassination. So I had a funny thought about the January 6th uh, riots. Made me think of like a hardcore gangster prison movie. And like sometimes they'll have a scene where like people are like, what set you claiming? I don't know what a set is, but anyways, it'd be like, what set you claiming? And, you know, the hardcore gangster will be like, the Crips. Or, you know, hardcore gangster will be like, 13. You know, meaning he's from MSNBC 13. Oh, I mean MS 13. But anyways, there'd be like a old Republican white lady on there, and they'd be like, what set you claiming? And she'd be like, 1-6, honey pie. Because she doesn't use cuss words. And all the hardcore gangsters would like take a step back and be like, damn, don't mess with her. She's 1-6. So, interesting point came up. as a lady, 538 lady, she, uh, she follows QAnon people. And apparently QAnon people want January 6th investigated. Like they think it was caused by Antifa or the Democrats somehow. And so they're like, yeah, look into this. I, you know, I, I want to know as much as possible. Now, they don't want uh, a Democrat 
led a commission to look into it. But it's interesting, you know. They're not looking at themselves saying we're to blame. They're like, yeah, let's investigate this. Deep thoughts with the religion of woke. Why aren't plates square? Now, I know that some plates are square. I guess in the past, right, that you made them like on a pottery wheel, so you made them round. But it's like when you're fitting them into a dishwasher, like an 8-inch wide plate that's round holds a lot less food than an 8-inch wide plate that's square, but they both take up the same amount of room in the dishwasher. And I don't think this is like, you know, why don't seven, why do 7-Elevens have locks on the door? Because the answer to that is because sometimes I want to keep your ass out.